Listen well to this story I tell, for some is fact and some is fiction, but all of it is true. I'm Bradley Rolfe, and I'm reading my blog. Today's reading will feature two posts related, one posted on February 19th, 2016, and the other also posted February 19th, 2016. Capture the Flag In my second grade physical education class, we were playing Capture the Flag. At the beginning of the round, the teacher instructed each team to take a moment to discuss strategy. The game would commence at the sound from the whistle on her lanyard. In my life to date, there have been two peaks of physical fitness. The most recent was the summer prior to my senior year of high school when my primary mode of transportation was my bicycle. I easily pedaled 30 to 60 miles or more per week. The prior landed around second grade, when my body had not yet been overcome with chemicals from the modern food supply, nor had it been seduced by the decadence of a sedentary lifestyle. In spite of these personal high watermarks, my best never landed me on the positive side of the spectrum in relation to my peers. In this situation, I knew my best contribution to the team would be not in speed on the field, but in my organizational and conceptual skills. I had at the ready a plan of attack and defense that would no doubt confound and confuse our opponent, ensuring a swift and efficient victory. Our team huddled up. Okay, who's defense and who's offense? We need four or five people to sweep wide as a distraction and... Brad, that's not important. We just run and try to get their flag. The whistle. I was hurt. My self-esteem was wrapped up in my contribution to the team. I didn't hear that a complex strategy was not important. I heard that I was not important. But no, I knew I was right. Sure, brute force may win the day, but if they had only listened to me, we would have been assured in victory. If only they listened. If only they had time to listen. There wasn't enough time to properly lay out my strategy. Not enough time before the whistle. The whistle. It wasn't that my teammates devalued my contribution. It was the gym teacher. Yes, the commander in this arena of physical education, where the only metrics that matter are speed and strength and stamina. She gives no value for creative thought, no value for creative planning and execution, no value of teamwork. And it's not like we're being taught anything. No foundational life skills, healthy habits... We are not taught to run faster, we are told to run faster. No, this isn't physical education, this is physical exhibition. The system is against the thinker. Well, the thinker can act too. The thinker can take physical action against the physical education construct. The thinker can kick away the boundary cones. The thinker can destroy the game that seeks to destroy him. My... Tantrum 
was not taken for the political speech it was. No, you can't throw the cones around the field. Well, why don't you just play the game? Sit down. Calm down. Why are you crying? You need to go to the principal's office. This was not civil disobedience. It, it was immaturity. Immaturity not realizing that go strategize just meant go over there. Immaturity not realizing that my peers weren't interested in the outcome of the game, but only the playing it. Immaturity not recognizing my lack of influence in this group. I immaturity not discerning between value and importance. Immaturity. But that's okay. I was in second grade. When you're in second grade, you're immature. And you're learning. Damn, that kind of stands on its own, doesn't it? Oh. Uh, post two. Behind the music, capture the flag. This post, and there's a link to the post I just read, marks my return, or entry into, if you don't count my middle school Zanga, to the blogging world. It was originally written on 2.10.16 and posted to my Facebook feed. To my astonishment, people read it. The piece stands on its own, but as I do not consider myself an essayist or short story fiction writer or poet or whatever, I felt it may benefit from some background. And as an artist, I learned a lot from the process of writing it, so I wanted to share some thoughts. I'm currently enrolled in a college course that is mostly worthless. We are assigned readings and discussion questions and quizzes and personality tests, and it's all pretty terrible. I have learned only one or two things, all at the beginning of the course, and all in all, the material could have been condensed into a three-day weekend conference. Sure, you'd have to bunk with that guy from the office who only wears superhero ties, but at least there'd be free coffee and danishes in the mornings. In order to get through the tedium of completing this course's assignments, I have entertained myself by approaching them passive-aggressively, or just straight-up aggressively. What became the post referred to at the top of the page began as a response to a discussion or reflection question. And I turned it in, too. No one got the joke. All that to say, fun fact, I was directed to write about a time that I faced controversy or conflict within a group or team with either positive or negative results, and apply what I had learned in the reading about controversy with civility. So naturally, I wrote a short piece of semi-autobiographical history, and I had a good time with it. Here are the bits I learned. Factual accuracy is not necessary to a good story. While this was mostly based on real events, I don't recall if it was second grade or third or fourth, but hey, this isn't a deposition, it's just a story, so I went ahead and chose the details that sounded best. Takeaway? Think about your goals. If it's to be factual, be factual. If it's to be entertaining, serve that. Two, I can write a story. I suppose I already knew this. Most of my songs are in narrative in their lyrics, but I haven't really had to write anything real since high school, so I hadn't tried much. Which also leads to three... 
Your skills and knowledge can cross discipline. While writing a short story as prose and writing a short story as a song share some obvious similarities, I don't think I would have given it a go on my own for fun without the impetus of frustrating the genre of academic response. I was surprised at my outcome, and upon rereading, noticed elements of structure and composition that could relate to my experience crafting songs. I've always used cross-discipline comparisons in any art criticism I do, but I hadn't taken it to a point of action in creating. So I'm going to write more prose, or whatever I feel like, and post it here. And I encourage you to explore a new medium. Boy, that's great. Once again, like, writing... I mean... First of all, the, the secondary, the explanation post, it looks like I was trying to retcon that November 2012 post from the first episode. Like, I was like, I did the whole, like, hey, I'm starting a blog now thing in there, too, when, like, I had just done <laughs> year, four years prior a, hey, I'm starting a blog post that was followed up by nothing. <laughs> I, I'm I'm writing as if I have an audience, which I don't. Which is hilarious, but also speaks to most of my creative output. Uh, A lot of my drive is an energy around entertaining others. You know, my when I perform, when I write, it's sure I, I enjoy the act, I enjoy the attention, but the attention I want is the energy of of the audience being entertained. I don't necessarily want them to think oh, Bradley, you're so clever because I need to know I'm clever. I, I know I'm clever. Uh, but I want I want my cleverness to be seen as a value to them. You know, I want them, I want the audience to want what I have. I, I don't know if I'm making myself clear. I, I feel like it's, in my mind, it is specifically different from serving myself it, it feels like what while the it's in the relationship between you know performer and artist art and or between performer and audience you know between the, the relationship between the art and the artist is the art sorry the relationship between the artist and the audience the relationship between the art and the audience is where the art exists and when I create a piece, I desire that relationship. I desire a great value to be in the heart of the audience. Wow, wow, wow. Like, I, I've, I've thought about this, and I'm having a rough time articulating it in a way that... Basically, what I'm trying to communicate here is... I think, I presume, that many creators, if not actually, have the reputation of creating because they want attention in a selfish way. They need something to serve themselves, to serve their ego, so they create in order to accrue an audience whose attention on that artist is the reward for that artist. 
And while as an artist I desire an audience to give their attention to me, to spend their time giving attention to my work, I feel like it's a it's not a selfish thing. It's not about it's not about me getting my self-worth from their response. It's about my it's about me wanting the art to be valuable to them for their benefit. And and I already I already have the, I don't need my ego to be fed. I already have the ego. I already think I'm great, which is why I'm putting stuff out there <laughs> to say, "Hey guys, I think I'm great and I think you'll think I'm great too." So I want to make sure that you get the opportunity to experience my greatness because I think you'll like it and I and I want you to like it. I know you'll like. I imagine you'll like it. Uh and and I think it'll be good for you to to take in something that you like, that makes you think. Uh, so, I, boy, I I don't know. I don't know if anyone's gonna believe me. Uh, I and, and maybe I'm wrong about the presumption of the uh, the artist feeding the artist having a need to feed their ego and therefore creating art to get the attention to feed their ego. Maybe that's not a thing, or maybe maybe most audiences don't imagine that. Um, but it, I'm pretty sure it's a trope out there in the world. And if it's a trope, it's a trope for a reason. And the more I talk myself into a hole, I don't know how I can ensure that this audience, you, dear listener, will accept the truth that I create as an act of selfless service. Or at least that's how I view it. I I view it, you know, I, I want I want to be liked. I want to be wanted. I wanna I, I want to amass an audience but I believe that I want to amass an audience not for my own edification, but for the edification of that audience. And maybe that's not different in your mind to this idea uh, of the artist as egoist, as self-serving. Um... But that's my perspective on the case, if that makes sense. And if that doesn't make sense, well, dear listener, you know, tweet at me and, and tell me I'm stupid. Um, to, to, the, to the element, boy, so in, in more recent posts I've put on my blog, and especially in the, the pieces I'm working on right now, which are explicitly reflections, uh, because I've come to a point where I... I value the reflective essay, and I'm, I'm happy to call what I'm writing a reflective essay. The seeds for that were here uh, four years ago. And, you know, even though the, the original reflective essay, you know, came out of what was basically an inside joke with myself for a homework assignment, 
it's it's fun to look back and see okay four years isn't that long but when i decided to do this dive back into the history of what i've written down and put out there for the five people who are going to read it i was was surprised that this i remember this i remember liking this i remember thinking this was good i remember thinking this was funny and and cool but i i didn't one i forgot that like there was you know this secondary uh this secondary reflective piece to it but also the, you know the 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 tagline some is fact and some is fiction but all of it is true is is summed up in in that number one the factual accuracy is not necessary and i think as someone who in my life i so value accuracy just in conversation you know the the words matter and the specificity of words the reason why i would not have articulated it back then and maybe it wasn't really driven from this but you know, growing up, I was one of those kids who amassed a, you know, a larger vocabulary quicker than, than most, and to this day, carry a larger vocabulary than the average Joe, and I value that, and that vocabulary is not about, oh, intellectualism, or oh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna achieve this word bank in my brain, I, I don't use, I don't use multisyllabic words because I want to prove I'm better than somebody but it's that love for the specificity in some of these words you know a, a, a single word can carry so much connotation uh that even sh sure you know you can you can break it down to newspeak but there's a reason why newspeak was used as a hallmark um you know of the oppressive bad uh, society in 1984, right? So, all that to say, on a core, personal, philosophical level, I, I love accuracy. Uh, I love specificity. I love, you know, too many details. Um, but, to to realize that even four years ago, I specifically articulated this idea and this freedom, and that's what it is. The, the tag, I won, I'm dang proud of myself for being clever, because I think the tagline is clever, but in addition to being a, a kind of, you know, ethereal setting the scene for, for these pieces of, of you know, these this soft lit that I'm reading, uh, it's also it's a permission slip. For me, some is fact and some is fiction, but all of it is true. And isn't that the definition of memoir? It's you know, if we wanted pure factual accuracy, it would be you know it would be history, it would be biography. Um, but memoir. Memoir is about creating the story. I mean, it's about, you know, digging into the fodder of your own life to create connection with somebody else. And hopefully, these stories, these bits, these blogs, these words that I have 
composed and constructed and put out onto digital paper and am now putting out into digital wax, hopefully there's something in there that you connect with. Now, if you listen and continue listening, maybe it's just the sound of my voice, but maybe it's, I would imagine, it's the construction of the words in sequence. So, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying this, and I'm going to keep on doing this, at least for myself and my mom, because uh, she's my biggest fan. Uh, great. Cool. Thanks. This is for you. Reading my blog is a production of me, Bradley Rolfe. I'm on Twitter and Instagram under my real name. Be on the lookout soon, with an asterisk, for my memoir, entitled, I'm Too Young to Have a Memoir. A memoir. If you want to skip ahead, links to my blog and other projects I'm involved in can be found at anotherwhitesuburbanite.com. Suburbanite.com.